Gerald, I really value when people use violence for me. It's actually one of my love languages. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast where we review the latest and sometimes greatest movies every week. This week is one of the latest. Gerald here with you and my boy Nick. How the hell are you, man? Welcome back to the show. Do we fight now? When do we do we start fighting now? Like is it is it now? Already? <laughs> I, no, we're just saying hello to each other. Oh, we'll wait oh, till I, we get into I, th- the... I thought this was like a, I thought this was like our little our little fight club here. We got to like start taking shots at uh, each other. I thought that's yeah. oh okay all right all right all right fine I'm good I'm good I'm good I'm <laughs> back we're back after 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 a week a yeah. week's hiatus unfortunately real life got in the way last week the art theater was playing bottoms at really really weird times I actually found out tonight it's it's open at the theater at the mall now too I didn't even have to go to the oh, wow. theater to see it uh, but but of course not in time for last week like it didn't open here sure. until literally the week after it went wide wider uh nationwide i don't know so yeah so unfortunately missed an episode last week real life unfortunately sometimes gets in the way i'm sorry joey please please forgive us uh sometimes despite no matter how hard you try uh pod before life just doesn't work for me unfortunately i i could not see it before last week and i couldn't see anything else to make up for it either so i apologize to everybody for uh you know we're we missed out on an episode last week but we're back we're here and it's all good man we're we're ready to rock and roll we're doing it for fun. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Dan does. <laughs> yeah, Dan cares. I know you guys do. And uh, like Nick said, I apologize. But we, you know, took a week off. You know, life comes before podcasting. But we're going to be talking Bottoms tonight, which is a movie that's been out for a couple of weeks. Now, what's interesting about what you said, just Nick, just now is that I saw it almost two weeks ago. And I know you just saw it today as we're recording. Yep. So I want that's interesting. I kind I'm kind of very interested to see your take having it fresh in your mind because it's been resonating with me for a while and I've been excited to talk about it. I've been kind of hush hush as far as like I mean I think people know that I liked it for the most part, but in terms of like my specific qualms and, you know, things I loved about it, I've kind of been hush hush. So okay. I'm excited to finally dive into bottoms and talk about it tonight. But before we do the review Every week, Nick, you and I come up with one big question where we ask each other a question that is somewhat inspired by the movie that we are discussing. So, would you like to go first, my friend, or would you like me to throw mine at you? You could ask yourself a question. I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? So, G-Money, this was, this was just for you, baby. What recent film would have been made better with a third-act bloodbath? <laughs> Just a just a straight up absolute bloodbath in the third act. What what recently? So we'll take say maybe this year or maybe since I joined the show, like go all the way back a couple months to the Flash okay. and forward. Try to think of what 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 recent movie there. Throw throw one in I love there. That question. Would it have to like make sense with the movie necessarily, or just it would have nah, been crazy? It can it can be whatever you want it to be, baby. Well, you know what I want to say right away is the room, which I know is not a recent movie. <laughs> Excuse me. Could you excuse imagine me. <laughs> Everyone betray him. He fed up with this world and he ended up killing himself at the end of that movie, Gerald. That was a bloodbath already. Well, I guess so. So yeah. listen. <laughs> Could you imagine all the characters on the, the roof? The shots keep like, coming at the room. Off. Like literally, you can't you can't let it go. We this many weeks later. Um let's see. What would have been better with the bloodbath at the end of it? I'm looking at my uh, letterbox here. How about because I feel like, and this, like you said, it's kind of a pseudo spoiler, but I guess it's it would be kind of cool, kind of like it was in this movie, Bottoms, where it was just kind of really off the wall. This movie was very, like, a lot of unexpected shit happened. So for that reason, I would say a movie like Barbie. Like, you're kind of following this, like, you know, glamorous narrative and the Barbie character and then just, like, out of nowhere this and they have that really cool 
kind of fight scene on the beach or whatever with all those weird props and stuff. That's but, the perfect answer to this question because that was the that was the immediate answer that sprung to mind as soon as I thought of this uh, question. Okay. Because yeah. imagine the tone of Barbie like as it goes, but then all of a sudden like the Kens like that war of the Kens or whatever on the beach when they're using like the, like the nerf darts and like the like suction cup arrows and stuff and all that stuff. What if instead of that, it literally just became like an all out, like super violent bloodbath. I like, I mean, Barbie was just kind of like this roller coaster of, 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 of different things crashing together. So, I mean, I, I probably would have loved Barbie just as much if that would have happened in it. I'm not going to lie. Sure. Sure. My serious yes. answer to that question answer. is is talk to me because it would have anything to help that movie yeah. get somehow better would have been would have been much appreciated. I think. I, I thought about talk to me too. Um, I thought about Meg too, which I saw a few weeks ago, but it kind of did have a bloodbath in the final act, so it didn't. It kind of already had that, but. I get what you're saying, though. So mm. one big question out of the way. It was a fun one this week. See? So I got one f- I got one for you, man, which is also kind of fun. I mean, it's not super serious unless you decide to take it that avenue. But now, another kind of pseudo-spoiler, although if you've seen the trailer or read anything about this movie at all, you probably know this already. But it kind of borrows a lot from, like, teen comedies, high school comedies, raunchy comedies, that whole kind of subgenre, dating all the way back to, like, you know, the 1980s and really even before that and then on into the 90s and 2000s so if nick if you could have the ability to exist within the realm of a 80s or 90s or whatever teen raunchy comedy okay okay and it was real and you could be a character in that plane of existence what movie would you like to live in like a raunchy, like eighties or nineties, like teen sex comedy. Yeah, American Pie, no question. American Pie. You know what? I kind of thought you were going to go there. Yeah, absolutely, no question. I mean, that was like I, I was graduating from high school at the time, around the time that movie came out, so it just resonates with me in in that kind of way. Is like you know, getting ready to move on to like this next stage of your life and whatever. I mean, that's a through line from that to bottoms. I mean. Ultimately, it's like the same kind of generic plot, like it's characters like doing something to try to get laid before, right? Before whatever <laughs> right. scenario, right. before whatever scenario occurs. But yeah, yeah, that's it. American kinda, Pie, simple, simple. What about you? I kind of, I kind of thought you were going to do American Pie. For me, it would be not as raunchy, but definitely a movie that kind of led to movies like that and like this. And John Hughes is one of the masterminds of that kind of high school kind of romantic comedy realm and kind of almost created it, really. Mm-hmm. So for me, it would be Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Like, if I could be, like, not Ferris. I don't want to be Ferris. I don't want to be front and center singing at the parade, you know what I mean? But I would love to be like Cameron or one of his other friends that he was close to and just be in that group. And and to see this kid, you know, skipping school and doing all the crazy shit that he does. And that's also one of my favorite movies ever. So <laughs> I wasn't in high school when Ferris Bueller's Day Off came out. I was like 12. Yeah. But I just remember it so fondly. And I just remember thinking Ferris is the literally the coolest guy on earth, you know. And you just thought that. And, you know, when you even when you see it today, you know, so many years later, you still kind of think like how cool this guy is as a high school kid. So for me, it's Ferris Bueller. Are you a fan of uh, Ferris Bueller, by the way? I don't know if I've ever heard you talk about that one. Uh, I mean, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Dan suing you as we speak. Is he? Did you trademark that? Here, Dan, you can have uh, this squishy thingy that the green screen go. the green screen doesn't really like it. There you go. This green the green screen sucked it up. Dan's gonna take that from you in the in the lawsuit. All right, that was it for one big question. So now it's time to get into our review of Bottoms. Before we give our score reveal up top, Nick, let me just give a quick rundown. So this was directed by Emma Seligman, starring Rachel Sennett and Io Adebri. Here is the letterbox synopsis. PJ and Josie start a fight club as a way to lose their virginities to cheerleaders. The fight club gains traction, and soon the most popular girls in school are beating each other up in the name of self-defense, but the pair find themselves in over their heads and in need of a way out before their plan is exposed. 
That is the breakdown of bottoms. We're going to get into it. You're ready to uh, now every week, guys, we we give our score up top out of 10. We did not talk about it beforehand. We don't know what the other person is going to give the film. Nick, let's roll it. Damn it. This always happens. I think I'm going to score and then I never score. It's not fair. Six out of 10. Ooh, seven out of 10 for me. Six out of ten from Nick. Seven out of ten from me. So, All Gerald, right. that's, what that's is that six again? and a half. That's six and a half. So, add it together. Thirteen divided by two. Dude, thank God you're here. I, Audio audience, he's <laughs> grabbing his calculator right now. I don't know what to do. I gotta get. What is that again? It's a six and a half. I feel like it's better than that, but we'll talk about that. All right, seven for me. Six from Nick. Nick, spoiler free here at the beginning. Yeah. We already kind of alluded to it that this is a raunchy teen high school comedy. That borrows from a thousand movies that we can name right now that have kind of led up to this point here in 2023 where we're sitting here. But I do feel like there's a little something different, a little something a little more edgy about this movie uh, that I kind of will probably get into a little bit more when we get to the spoiler discussion. But you weren't as high on it as I was. Spoiler free. What did you think of Bottoms, man? Just generally speaking. So, I mean, we talked about it before, as you said, but it's got its DNA in kind of those raunchy teen sex comedies of like the 80s, 90s, 2000s. It's got it's definitely got its DNA in there. And in terms of the kind of generic plot beats of that type of movie, this movie doesn't go anywhere that you wouldn't expect it to with that aspect of it. It takes some wild swings for left field in terms of the way that the tone shifts in the movie sure. at, at, at different times and 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 the third act i'm i want to talk about the third act a lot because i really don't feel like it's earned uh it, it it really doesn't earn it to me and that's why the film gets a much lower score but i i okay. think that just in terms of the performances from the cast i mean you mentioned uh rachel senna uh io Atabiri, uh ruby cruz is wonderful in the film uh nicholas galatine as jeff is <laughs> practically steals almost every scene he's in and then i mean beast mode yeah. himself like beast mode himself oh man as, so as mr good, g man. marshawn lynch who i yeah. was reading on imdb apparently improvised most of his lines but that doesn't really yeah. surprise me having just watched the film uh he's 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 just great and because he's just he's kind so of he almost feels like marshawn lynch just kind of walked out of the set of this movie like he wasn't supposed to be in it and he's I just know. reacting to everything that he's seeing going around him like that's kind of the like the vibe <laughs> that he really gives off from it um, so sure. the performances are definitely there. All of the like all of the cast is is really, really wonderful. The issue that I have is and the comedy, like let me mention it even before that. The comedy, the raunchy R-rated teen comedy like aspect, like teen sex comedy aspect of it is great. I think the comedy works really, really well in this movie. It just it like I said, it takes some big swings. We're gonna have to wait till spoilers to get to it, but it takes some big, big swings to get to different places. And I think it does some weird tonal shift stuff. I almost, I almost gave this a, a, a five, which would for me, for me, a failing oh, wow. grade. I almost did, okay. but I think the comedy aspects of it alone are enough to elevate it into something that you should definitely check out, especially if you're a fan of this type of movie, but be prepared for it to get weird. Yeah, it gets weird. Uh, before we get into spoilers, I'll just say, I, 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 I think I liked it more than you did based on what you're saying, but there, it definitely toes a line, right? Where it's like the old oddage of the past with the 80s and 90s teen sex comedies where it's kind of like there's no heft to it. It's just like they're trying to get laid. They're doing XYZ to make that happen. You know, a la your super bads or, I mean, any you know movie you want to kind of fill in the blank there. So that is like you said, very formulaic in this movie as well. Yeah. But you also get a sense of something a little bit different about Bottoms where it's doing that, but it's also incorporating a bit of social commentary, but it's not doing it like a slap in the face type deal, or at least it wasn't for me. And it's uh, much more for me, it felt a little bit more like a sexual awakening for these main characters, you know, Rachel and Io's character specifically. And kind of how they were supporting each other as lesbians. And it almost is like, it's funny too, because obviously they're gay and they're attracted to 
uh, women in the movie that, that that they're pining for, that are their objects of their affection, if you will, the ones they want to lose their virginity to. But the movie paints it as the reason they're not getting laid is because they're uncool and unpopular. Yeah. And I think even ugly, they mentioned a couple of times, which, yeah. by the way, Rachel Sonat is like, right, dude, right. <laughs> It's like, right? One of my crushes of all, like, I absolutely love her the last few years. So she's probably my favorite actress, especially in comedy right now. Yeah. So I didn't really buy that part, but like, whatever, you know. That's a trademark of this type of comedy, though, because how many of those different kind of 90s and like 2000s, like teen sex movies, like, take somebody who's like this, like, really gorgeous actress and they try to frump her up to make her look like it's like, oh, no, nobody would definitely, like, get out of here. It's right. like, like, it's like the she's all that thing. Like all of a sudden, like, Ooh, she, t- she puts her hair down and like does her makeup or like takes her glasses off or whatever. And all of a sudden she's a knockout or whatever. It's like, it, it's, it's, that's a part and parcel with this kind of movie. I think. I agree. We can, we can get into spoilers. So guys going forward, I'm not sure where the conversation is going to go. So it will be spoilery. So if you have not seen bottoms, skip ahead or come back after you've watched the movie. Uh, this is your spoiler warning. So for me, Nick, I think that the reason this movie worked for me is because of the edginess of it and the risk that it took. And because, I mean, let's just, I'm just going to be upfront with you right now. Like I am super biased because Emma Seligman, the director, also directed Rachel Sennett in a movie called Shiva Baby. Did you ever see that Shiva Baby? Mm. Came out a few years ago. So one of my favorite movies of the last like 10 years or so. And that introduced me to both of them. And now they're back here reunited. Uh, I I am in love with Rachel Sennett. Like, I think she is an amazing, like, comedic genius. I've watched her stand-up bits on on YouTube. She's actually done comedy skits with Io. Uh, they used to do them for Comedy Central, like, four or five years ago. So they've known each other for a long time. So I feel like that chemistry really went a long way in this movie, too. And they're, they're a really good, like, powerhouse duo. Uh, there were some scenes in this movie that were like top best scenes of the year for me in this movie. Uh, okay. the, now, I'm not saying that for the movie itself as a whole, but like the scene of um, Bright Eyes, Turn Around, the the, the song oh, when they're yeah, fucking yeah. <laughs> going to, <laughs> to yeah. blow up his car or whatever. Like that whole shit, dude, that's one of the best scenes of the year I've yeah. seen in any movie, period. Now... I want to hear a little bit from you too, because I agree with you that I think it was trying to be super edgy and like take that formulaic equation, but kind of add this like modern social media commentary to it. And it worked at times, but then it kind of fell apart at other times. It was super awkward at times. Like, you know, during the pep rally, for example, when I can't remember her name, um, but one of the lead girls that was friends with them was getting her ass kicked by a football player. Uh, Hazel. Yeah. And I get I get what they were doing. Hazel. Right. I get what they were doing there um, and the commentary that was kind of on display. But at the same time, it was like cringy to me as as a viewer, as I was watching it, it was it, it played off awkward. It didn't play comedic in any way. Uh, I don't know if that was the intent, but. I kind of want to hear what what you think, because I don't know, there were parts that worked really, really well for me. Like I said, best scenes of the year. I mean, that's that's high praise. I've seen a lot of movies. That's high praise. But then there were other moments where I was just kind of like, that's a little I, I don't like that at all. You know, and it kind of worked against itself as I was watching it. Yeah, I mean, it takes it takes a lot of really, really wild swings. As I was mentioning before, I mean, the the teen sex comedy kind of tropes that it plays with are are literally all here. Like, you know, at some point they're going to get found out because they're trying to they're, they're trying to get laid. Like the, the whole reason they start this whole fight club thing is because they want to get laid by like the two cheerleaders and everything. And, you know, at some point they're eventually going to get found out. You know, at some point these two are eventually going to like come to blows or like come to a head like their whole like their whole friendship is going to be on the line and whatever and then you're going to have to you know figure out how to get a resolution to that and everything so it doesn't do it's not reinventing the wheel as far as a a teen sex comedy goes i think i think and, and maybe this is just me and maybe this just totally misses for me or whatever but like i said especially especially once you get into the third act 
Like, and I appreciated this that that sequence for what it was. But like, I mean, I like I I I I understand what you're saying about the pepper alley. That to me also just kind of felt like really really awkward and surreal this is a very surreal movie like don't go into this movie if you're, if you're gonna watch this if you're still listening for whatever reason you haven't uh, done the spoilers or whatever if you're gonna watch this like like i said it gets weird and you just got to go yeah. for the ride that this movie's trying to take you on it tries to kind of paint outside the the numbers for the teen sex comedy and then it devolves into this and i mentioned it the one big question it devolves into a literal bloodbath where you have this fight club of <laughs> girls like straight up just straight killing literally murdering destroying killing bloody violent like killing this entire like opposing football team that's trying to like kill the the main you know dumbo quarterback jeff that's like in 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 this movie that whole swerve to me that came so far left because and here's here's the thing because jeff and tim who's um like the main the other main football player besides the quarterback nick or jeff uh, nicholas uh, galaxine is is the name of the is the name of the actor both of them are fantastic like by the miles fowler and nicholas oh, yeah, they're, so both, they're both fantastic in their roles and everything but they're kind of the main antagonists to this movie for like nine tenths of it and then all of a sudden 11th hour swerve it's like all of a sudden like they've made these girls lives just like miserable like the, literally the whole time in a, a litany of different ways but then all of a sudden like they kind of swing so hard the other direction like now they've got to save him because all of a sudden like this team that like they have the rivalry with is coming to town to to straight just murder him because it's like tradition for them to just straight up murder another that came so far out of left field for me it just did not play at all it did I just, I, it completely kind of, I'm not going to like the scene itself, the sequence itself of them just beating the crap out of the football team and killing them. That's the sequence itself is great, but the movie doesn't, the movie does not logically lead to that point for me. Well, to to your point, it's ask you a question that did you ever get the sense as you were watching this? And I mean, maybe this is common knowledge. I don't, I haven't listened to any of the reviews or anything like that, but I got a sense as I was watching this, not just in that last act like you're talking about but even early early on in the movie when they go to the fair and she you know they all dress up and they want to impress their people they have crushes on like in the first like 10 minutes of the movie i got a sense that like some of it wasn't reality you know what i mean like it didn't seem it, it felt like it was almost like a caricature of what they may be thinking in their minds and i don't know how abstract we're supposed to take that because I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I let me ask you this way then: Do you think they actually murdered people in the final act of the movie? Oh or yeah. Do you think it was like an Anchorman situation where yeah. they're all Hundy P throwing tridents on the horses and shit? Hundy P, Anchorman. yeah, absolutely. Why would like, because if you're correct, and this is supposed to be like this kind of like fever dream that they're having or whatever of these kind of scenarios happening. If that's if that's true, then where was any indication of that in the movie? Yeah, I, I never got any of that indication whatsoever. I mean, this is like I said, it's very out there and it's very surreal. But yeah. like this is also like again, like the whole like it's like what like the lead, like the the toughest, strongest football player. They literally have him like locked in a cage, like an animal, <laughs> like this like really muscular buff dude, and like they let him out of the cage, yeah. and then like there's this whole scene of him just beating the crap out of this poor like little girl who is like really trying really hard to defend herself and like fight against him and everything. And and like that for me didn't really like, it was just kind of uncomfortable. I mean, and maybe it should have been as a man, like uncomfortable for me to watch. Cause like, that's kind of the power dynamic that women are forced into sometimes and, and, and things like that. Like maybe I was supposed to feel uncomfortable. Maybe it did its job, but like nothing prepared me for this movie. Just again, like all of a sudden, so Josie and PJ have this big fight and Josie goes to see this random character we haven't seen before at all. Who's like, Oh yeah. The opposing football team's literally coming here to murder somebody on our team. And it's like, but our team, like the football team, the Vikings uh, is the name of the team in the game, the game, the movie, they're the antagonists the whole time. Like by this point in the movie, like, like Jeff is cheating on the one girl, Isabel and all these different things. And, 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 uh, Tim has just been like this 
ridiculous thorn in the side of these characters sets up that whole pep rally thing to like make them look bad and like expose the whole fight club thing and like do all this xyz stuff like i i mean i like i said it, it just it, it's such a weird swerve it's it's such a weird derailment for me it, it, it takes such a big it just doesn't it just doesn't play for me i get what you're saying but i guess from my perspective when i was watching the whole movie like the movie is very like hyper realized like it's very like i don't know one moment would be like this is rooted in reality this is a real emotion like this is you know what i mean a real conversation that two people would have and then literally the next moment is something like out of a cartoon or like an SNL skit or it felt very like lopsided like that for me throughout the whole movie, uh, not just the final act. So I guess when that final act came up, it was almost like in keeping with the rest of the theme of the film for me. And I think that was probably Emma Seligman's intention where it was kind of like just, cr I mean, for the lack of a better way to put it, just crazy. Like it was just bonkers. Like, it was a very unexpected movie. Like you didn't know what you were getting from frame to frame. You know, it wasn't, it had the formulaic elements to the other high school sex comedies. I think you and I agree on that, but the way it was presented on camera was very unpredictable. I felt like, like we didn't really know what we were going to get, you know, regardless of what we may have thought we were sitting down for. And then it like takes a turn, but you're saying in the final act, which is true. But for me, it was different swerves like that kind of throughout the movie. So that didn't take me as far out of it at the end of the movie when it happened. I mean, I, I thought it was wild. Like I thought, you know, I, I mentioned the anchorman scene with the trident and the fucking, you know, uh, news people killing each other in the alleyway. Like it kind of made me think of that a little bit where it was like, yeah, this is happening in this reality, but this isn't really happening. Like people didn't meet in the alleyway and kill each other. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird uh, balance between like what the filmmakers trying to, you know, project to us and what we're supposed to take away from it. And I don't, I mean, it didn't obviously work for me on all cylinders either. I gave it a seven, but if it weren't for those really kind of cringy, awkward moments, which like you said, you actually brought up a great point that I hadn't thought of prior to this is that maybe I'm supposed to feel awkward and weird because like I'm a dude, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of scenes of like masculinity and, you know, <laughs> obviously the football players are always wearing their gear, you know, and they have the cleats on in the hallways at school yeah. and which shit. Is, which, like, which, which, which was hilarious. Yeah never break character you yeah. know and they're just not good dudes you know they're not good to their ladies if you will and uh that kind of was a through line throughout the movie but i don't know i guess for me it didn't take me as much out of it because it was kind of the tone of the whole film really it was kind of up and down like that yeah i mean the, the 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 raunchy comedy aspects of it work though like the like the really just you know i mean it it, it doesn't hold back like it literally just goes it goes it goes it goes full bore for the 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 complete kind of teen sex comedy vibe you know it's really really raunchy there's a lot of really really raunchy jokes and things like that so i mean i think those are its strongest aspects i think and and maybe that's me maybe that's me being unfair and and not wanting it to you know wanting it to be more in line with the with the things that i know about the genre and like you know, maybe I'm not giving it enough of a chance to really paint outside of the lines and see if it works. I like I said, I don't even think I, I don't even necessarily think like the fact that like they, they fought and murdered the whole football team and like it was this big bloodbath and everything. I don't even think that's the worst part of it. I just don't buy their sudden automatic turn to want to save Jeff. Like Jeff has been such a reprehensible character, like up to them up to this point, And like all of a sudden they're just like, oh, no, my God, we got to save Jeff. It's like, but but yeah. why? Like who? Why do you care? Like he's been cheating on. Like he's been cheating on Isabel. He's just been Isabel. like this reprehensible character this whole time. Like why? Why do you care now? All of a sudden, like it's just and it, it felt. It just felt like it, it. I I feel like they had the teen sex comedy portion of it worked out, and and I feel like the swing was we got to try to do something different. We got to try to do something unexpected, out of the box, whatever. 
to wrap this thing up. I feel like maybe like where are scenes earlier on? Like give me, give me some scenes earlier on of this opposing football team, like showing up in town and like sure. being a menace. The only thing we get is like, what is it? It's like a, it's like a PA announcement really early in the movie. Like, early early in the movie of like some girl saying like somebody from like the opposing town was like coming after him or like tried to attack him or something like that but mm -hmm. then like literally like you don't see them or anything like that for like the whole rest of the movie until the very end of it they do like that little crash course thing for us which is also in the last act i think where they like talk about the different anniversaries of the rivalry. Well, that's when she goes to see that one, you know, woman that's like living in the camper or whatever. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, right. that's that's literally like the scene that sets up the whole like final like massive showdown. Like, <laughs> but why did that come so scene, late in the, the movie? Like, or, or like again, like if <laughs> if you want me to buy that these characters would suddenly care about saving Jeff and like taking down this opposing football team when really that was just kind of happening in the background. Like, it's just kind of like this thing. Like, they keep showing it, talking about it periodically. Like, oh, this game is coming. This game is coming. Like, I props to like the 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 production design and stuff like that in this film. Like, I love all the ridiculous pep rally stuff. Like the posters of Jeff shirtless with like yeah like the, the, the giant cod piece <laughs> and stuff it. in his in his outfit and stuff like that. Like st all that kind of stuff yeah. is really really funny and, and whatnot. But like if you're gonna all of a sudden swerve me in the in, in the eleventh hour and say, oh no, now they're gonna go like Jeff's a good guy and like they're gonna save Jeff and like go kill this other football team. I'm like, okay, but like this is like a, nobody's gonna get this reference except for maybe one person, but this this is this is like Final Fantasy Four and you fought Golbez for the whole game and then you get to the end of it and oh no, the real bad guy's been on the moon the whole time. You know? It's just a, like an eleventh hour <laughs> swerve like out of nowhere that's like, but wait, yeah. but why? Like it, yeah, the, the film doesn't earn that to me, and it was so good up to that point. I was laughing so much. I was having such a great time with this. Like this cast is fantastic. They all gel really, really well together. They have great, great chemistry back and forth. The jokes, for the most part, all land. Like my theater was just like having a blast with this. But why? Why? Why is that? Why does what? Why does it go where it goes? Why does I? I don't yeah. get it. I I just don't buy it. Yeah, the allegiance to to Jess specifically seems weird since yeah. he was kind of an you know a villain the whole movie really. So yeah. I agree with you there. I, I don't know. I guess I just kind of took myself out of the quote unquote reality of it, you know, and like what was real, what wasn't, and what am I supposed to really take away from it? I still don't get and, where you're coming up with this like real versus not real thing. It's real. It's all we weren't. We aren't led to believe any of it's not real. <laughs> They live in this hyper, hyper accentuated version of reality where they there can just go. straight murder another team on the football field and nobody's going to care. Like, I mean, obviously, that's the kind <laughs> that's of the, world that the film is painting for. So it's meant to be more of like a ridiculously surreal world. But like, sure. even sure. still, like it can be as surreal as it wants. But I need to care that all of a sudden they're going to flip and try to save Jeff after he's been miserable to him like this whole time and everything like that. No, I get it. I get where you're coming so, from with that. Yeah. I, I get the qualms there for sure. But more it, beast it's definitely mode. a weird more beast it, yeah. mode. Give us give us more give us more beast mode. Let's talk about the performances real quick. Uh beast mode. We could start with him if you want. <laughs> so Dude, good. the guy was freaking hilarious so in good. this. Uh he had that one thing where he had the what was the thing on the chalkboard he wrote about <laughs> no women should ever run for office or something like that. Really oh, yeah, because no, yeah, he's like going through a divorce, so he's like bitter about women and all this kind of different yeah. stuff. And then he like yeah. becomes the advisor for this fight club that the girls are having and and everything. And then like like the whole club falls apart and like falls down or whatever. So then he like he goes on this like really long rant against PJ and Josie, <laughs> but most of it's towards his ex-wife. Like, sure. but it's just him, obviously, like unburdening like himself. I think he at one point in the movie, he's like, men need therapy, which is like, I mean, it's correct. A lot more men need to mm -hmm. go to therapy for a lot of stuff mm -hmm. uh, instead of just being told to suck it up or be a man or whatever. Yeah, it plays with a lot of different things throughout the movie from a social commentary 
And then, and then he writes that thing on the chalkboard where he's like, he's like, no woman should ever be president, and I'll tell you why, or something like that. It was, it was just something yeah. really, really funny. Yeah, and, that's it. And, and, yeah. and everything. It's just, just and they're, they're, amazing. They're at the gym, and he's fucking talking to him about something about his ex-wife, and she's like, I don't think you're really supposed to be talking to us like this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It just. It was really good. I mean, again, you gotta uh, right. like buy into the buy into the the world that this movie is set in, and what's going on in this movie. Because like, I mean, they go to the principal, and the principal's just straight up like f bombs in front of the students, and like him in yeah. class is like calling kids mfers and like all this different stuff. So like, like I said, you gotta buy into this is the this is the universe of this world. It's not like a super real world, real world. Like you can't apply to it like. You know, it's like it's like think about John Wick. Like it's it's hyper it's hyper stylized right. in a way, but like the the comedic world that this film is set in is a hyper stylized version of of the real world where you can go to school and your teacher is Marshawn Lynch and he can call you an MFer like all the time <laughs> or whatever sure. or whatever sure. you know. So yeah, yeah, I think um yeah, I, in, in getting close to wrapping up here, you know, I think that the performances of Rachel Sennett and Iowa Debris for for sure the two of them for sure and their chemistry and the way they bounce off each other which like I said I've been watching them for a long time so that was no surprise but it was also really cool to see and I also loved how this film flipped kind of the the sexes too where it was like the girls were the ones trying to lose their virginity and you know they were trying to get the cheerleaders as opposed to the football players doing that. Cause the football players in this movie end up being really the villains and the one that are trying to kind of like, you know, shine the spotlight on them for what their whole plan is, which is usually the other way around. So I kind of like that gender swap there too, but these two actresses leading a comedy, there's no way I'm not going to be on board for it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was an enjoyable experience the reason the score came down for me personally was just those kind of weird moments that felt out of place. Uh, you know, I'm really thinking about the pep rally scene before the final act and how Hazel basically gets her ass beat by this football player and everybody's just kind of watching. Yeah. Uh, it just felt, I, I mean, I, like I said earlier, I get the commentary they were going for there. It was kind of a, you know, that scene could be taken as a snapshot of kind of like American society in a lot of ways, but I get it. But at the same time, when you're, when you're going through this like laugh riot, having a good time and you, you're, you're hit with that, it's just awkward, you know, it just kind of sits with you strangely. And to your point, maybe it's supposed to, cause I'm a man and uh, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the point. Maybe I'm supposed to not really feel comfortable during that scene, which I didn't. So, but aside from those awkward things that kind of took me out for a brief moment i did really enjoy it uh, i'm a fanboy and i'm in love with rachel Sennett. so anything she's in you know bodies 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 was one of my favorite horrors last year i loved her in shiva baby uh, she's reunited with the director here so you know it's it's a recommend for me there was some awkward stuff i wish would kind of been you know presented a little bit better but uh, aside from that, it was a good film, and it, it, I think it's going to go down as one of those movies too that uh, people are going to revisit from this subgenre of like the high oh, school comedy. Sure. It's definitely kind of stands on its own a little bit, where it's a little bit different. You know, it's a little more edgy than what you would get from any of those others that came before it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, Iowa Debiri is is fantastic. I mean, I just saw her in Theater Camp what a couple months yeah. ago she was great in that too i mean she is fantastic and the only real weak part of like the whole not even the cast because i thought havana rose lou did good as isabel but i think isabel's just a really boring character on the page like i just don't think they give that character like really anything to do like she's just kind of like the she's like the shannon elizabeth in american pie kind of character like it's 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 all surface level like there's absolutely nothing really to that character like you learn absolutely nothing about that character and you know i thought it was nice at least that they had like pj trying to kind of make a pass at britney's character and then she's like no no i'm straight like we don't even necessarily like isabel's dating jeff but like then just like is like i don't even know like they kind of just like breeze right past her sexuality like i don't know if it's like meant to be like 
she's still kind of trying to discover that or like whatever. But again, we don't learn necessarily anything about that character. So it doesn't really matter, you know? Right. And I, and, and I mean, I just, I, I love the cast. I love the raunchy comedy aspects of it. I think it did a lot of things right, but I think some of those big swings for the fences. And I mean, sometimes in a movie, you got to swing for the fences. You got to really try to make it, make something big, make some statement, make something memorable. And I love the scene, the scene itself out of context. If you just watch that scene out of context, it's great. It's well shot. It's super, super funny of like these girls just straight murdering all these football players. Like it's really, really funny, but the film just, like I said, it just doesn't earn it for me, but the rest of the elements in the film are definitely worth seeing. So six out of 10 for me. And the scene, I'll just reiterate the scene with uh turnaround bright eyes uh montage i mean that's they're great. going to jeff's that's house to fucking i mean one of the best scenes i've seen all year it's yeah. a really really good scene yeah that was i mean that was good i think it's a mild recommend from the peas i liked it a little more than nick did but a 6.5 overall seven for me and a six from nick on bottoms so there you go it's still playing in theaters everywhere if you want to check it out so, Nick, we wrap up every episode by heading over to the comment section to see if the fans threw a question at us. And you and I handpick a question that we want to answer on the episode. So what do you got over there, man? You, did you find one you want to answer? We already we already kind of touched on a couple of these kind of things in here. You already mentioned, like, uh, our Joey DiCarlo said, are we really to believe that Rachel Sennett couldn't find anyone interested in a date? <laughs> Uh, I think you and I are both in lockstep on that Agree. one. Agree. Like, I know, love her. No, no, no. Come on. Come on. No question. Uh, I think really the best question that we got was from Nerdrovert. And it's uh, Iowa DeBerry. Where do you see her in five years? I like her doing this kind of like, obviously, she's got a knack for this kind of quirky kind of indie comedy sort of role. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. think she's got chops. I think she's a really really great actress i'd love to see her swing some heavier dramatic stuff because i really really think she'd be able to knock it out of the park Mm -hmm. in an ideal world i think that she would get more opportunities to do i mean of course with these ongoing strikes who knows but like i think that if we see her get you know more opportunities to kind of flex her acting muscle she could definitely get you know somewhere a little bit further or she could stay right like on this road because this is a, a good comfort spot for her. She's obviously very, very good at it. So I could very easily see I could very easily see her hanging out in that zone as well. So yeah. Yeah, to quickly answer that question, because I love her too. Uh, I, I recommended the bear to you like a year ago when it came out as the the food service industry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of yep. like uh dramedy, I guess, on FX. And yep. she's on that. And uh, I think she just won an Emmy or she was nominated for an Emmy last year for that. Yeah. I, I, I love her in that because she's able to be funny, which is what her inherent, like that's what she, sh- you know, what her roots are. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a little bit of drama there. Cause I mean, I know, you know, in food and uh, me with my restaurant background, like it can get intense in restaurants and that show really does a good job of kind of showing that side of it. Um, yep. so she kind of has to deal with the emotions that are involved in dealing with that, you know, lunch rush kind of vibes that you get in that, in that show. But I just see her more kind of like what you said, kind of like tilting the spectrum a little bit more to drama. Um, because you know, some of the best dramatic actors start as comedians. I mean, look at a guy like Tom Hanks. I mean, Tom Hanks was a comedian forever. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's an Oscar winner. I mean, doing all kinds of stuff. So Whatever uh, I think, I, really, whatever she does, I think uh, we're, we're yeah, on she'll board. be great. Yeah, she'll be great, and and we're there for it. So uh, my question, I'm going to pull out of the comments section. Nick is from our boy Jared Taylor, patron of the show. We love Jared, of course. He says our present day raunchy comedies on par with the raunchy comedies of 80s and 90s, which is considered to be the genre's golden age. This is a loaded question because. My initial, I want to hear what you say, Nick, but my initial response is no. Um, But they're a product of their time, right? Because I think anything that's come out in the last five to 10 years is certainly influenced by the climate, the social climate, and kind of the things that you could say back in the 80s. And I'm not trying to be funny, but 
You know, I mean, there was a whole movie called Soul Man about a white dude that, you know, painted himself black to, like, get in with black girls at school. I mean, that was a movie that existed. So you can't do that today. So it's hard to really say yes, but uh, I think I enjoy on an enjoyment entertainment level. You know, I mentioned Ferris Bueller earlier. And, you know, when I think of the 80s, I think of the John Hughes classics and, like, the Prex Club and, like, uh, those types of movies that are a product of of my youth uh, stand by me. You know, those kind of movies that um, I think he's right that those are the golden age. And I feel like there hasn't really been a, a niche carved out yet in present day. I mean, maybe in the 2008 to 2010 kind of like we had Superbad, which was a big one. You know, that was kind of like a return for the genre when that came out and it was huge and it blew up. And um, what was the one? Um, uh, crap, I can't remember the name of the one that uh, came out right before that. But what do you think? I mean, for me, I'm going to go back to the 80s and 90s. So I, I think it's not fair to the spirit of Jared's question to like throw 80s and 90s movies like because of what they could do versus what you know the climate is mm -hmm. like today and things like that's mm -hmm. not really i don't i don't think anyway i don't think that's the spirit of jared's question i don't necessarily think he's like should they be able to show more boobs in these movies or whatever i i think it's more just like on par with in terms of like does the raunchy humor hit like like is it as funny is it as good? And I would say, yes, it is. And de definitely. I mean, mm. again, none of these, none, literally none of those movies does anything to reinvent the wheel plot wise. They're all the same movie. Essentially. They just have like somewhat different scenes painted a little bit differently and, and, and things like that. This movie, I don't think is any different, you know, it just happens to be, you know, the leads are two lesbians instead of, you know, like whatever, whatever character from whatever other, other teen sex comedy and everything like that. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really think you even have to bring that conversation into it of like the things they were allowed to get away with in the eighties versus versus today. I think this thing definitely takes the torch of the teen sex comedy. And I mean, it, it continues running with it. I mean, it obviously it owes a lot to those movies as well, but I think it, I think it also takes the torch and, and carries it well. I agree. I agree. I think, uh, you know, they were a lot more uninhibited in the eighties is kind of what I was getting at. They just didn't give a shit brother. <laughs> Whereas today, uh, you kind of have to give a shit when you sit down to write a script or, or whatever, but I'm going to always, cause I'm me, I'm going to always kind of gravitate towards the eighties and nineties stuff. Cause that's just my shit. So I don't think they quite hold up. And I, and I think what I was saying there was the reason in my mind that they don't hold up is because they are kind of playing that like, towing that line of what's okay and what's not. Whereas in the eighties, I didn't care. <laughs> they put movies out. Nobody cared. So that's kind of where I was going. Thank you, Jared, for the question. And thank you everyone else for the questions this week in the comments section, Nick, we spun the wheel last time we got together and we came up with a patron pick, which was for under the silver lake, yep. which is what we're going to be reviewing next week. Patron and ironically, producer of the show, Dan Burnett, came up with that pick. Hi, Dan. And you haven't seen it, right, Nick? You've nope, never seen it. I haven't seen it. I've seen it a couple times. I'm going to rewatch it this week. Every day this week. You got to watch it seven uh, times. Nah, I'm not going to do that. But I did like it better on the second viewing. So we'll see what the third viewing brings. But uh, next week's uh, episode will be Under the Silver Lake. And then we're going to spin the wheel again. And we'll come up with a pick for the week after that. So all the information is below. If you want to join up on Patreon, you can throw a movie at us. And if it lands on your on the patrons, then we'll spin it. We'll pick a movie from the patrons and we'll watch it and review it for the show. And then we'll pick back up like at the end of September with some new releases. I think you and I are going to do the creator. Yep. And we're going to do the new Saw movie, Saw X. I know yep. you're a fan of that franchise. So we'll cover that, which is exciting for me as a horror guy. So I'm which looking the, forward to that. The, here's the frustrating thing to me about that movie, okay? Okay? Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously, we know how bad the most recent entries. I never saw the Chris Rock 
uh, from the book of Jigsaw movie, whatever that was. I didn't I didn't ever watch that because after Jigsaw, I was just like, no, I'm, I'm out because they promised and promised before that movie came out. They were like, oh, we're not going to it's not going to be the same old twist that it's just a it's just a secret Jigsaw apprentice. And then it was literally the exact same twist because right. They got no other card to play. So now I had not seen a trailer for this until very recently when I went to the theater. I can't remember what I was seeing. Maybe it was Last Voyage of Demeter Talk or to something. Me. Oh, yeah. No, I don't even think it was with that. I think it was Demeter, but I can't even remember. But the, the point is, is now all of a sudden they're doing a prequel set like between the first two movies and mm-hmm. everything. And they're bringing back Shawnee Smith as Amanda. And like, but, but, but why? I, I right. get that less than trying to do something new with the franchise, like oh, outside wow, okay. of it, unless, unless, unless there's some huge, massive twist at the end of this where it's the present day and like Tobin Bell's jigsaw is still alive and came back to life, some whatever. Mm. I have no idea what they're going to try mm. to pull with this thing, but like, I don't really know what other story there is to tell in there. I really, I, I right. really don't know. Like. I mean, is it just like literally they were just like, well, listen, every time we try to make a movie without John Kramer being the one that's setting up these traps and doing all this stuff, like it kind of it just sucks. And I mean, we got Casas Mandalore involved and he's literally the worst actor on the planet. So the series just took a nosedive and then just started bashing its face against the wall repeatedly. Oh, so, like, man, I, I like I just I, I, I a prequel. Like, I don't get it. I'm going to go I'm gonna go see it. We're going to talk about it on the show, but I don't get it. Like right now, once I found out it's a prequel, I'm just like, I'm, yeah. I'm so out. I'm literally so out. I'm like, there's no more story to tell here. Oh, wow. There's no All more right. story to tell there. Like, what are they going to do? Because we still eventually like, I don't, I, I don't know. I, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not optimistic love Tobin anymore. Bell, though. I love, love Tobin, Tobin Bell, Bell, though. It'll be great Glad to see back. him back as, as, as Jigsaw yeah. and not just in weird flashbacks or weird references right. to other stuff or with, you know, Costas Mandalore just sucking as that, bad as anyone ever sucked. Yeah, I think that part will appeal to me for sure. I love Tobin Bell in that role. So yeah. I guess we'll I guess I guess uh, I guess we'll see. So, you know, yeah, we've got that coming up. Gerald's going to try to make me go see Dumb Money, that stupid GameStop stock movie which i'm i didn't already know you were into that but two yeah we're gonna out, check two out that of ten out. early 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 <laughs> score reveal for that one two out of ten i'm gonna hate it i'm oh, gonna hate it God. as vehemently as i've ever hated oh. anything because i wow, hated we'll see what i, I think hated of it. i had to live through that whole gamestop thing five years ago and i hated it then i'm gonna hate it even more when i have to rewatch it wow. on the big screen so two out of ten early score reveal for that movie <laughs> you heard it here first <laughs> we'll see how that lives up when we see it in a few weeks All right, uh, that was our review of Bottoms and then some, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will be back next week with our retro roulette review of Under the Silver Lake. What year did that come out, Nick? 2018, right? 20-something teen. I think it was 2018. I thought 20-something teen. That's got to be it. It's got to be close. All right, thanks, Dan. We'll see you. We'll see you guys in it. We will also spin the wheel again next week, and we'll get another pick for the following week. So get in on that if you want to. Nick, I love you, brother. Peace, brother. Thanks, everybody. Under the Silver Lake.